I'm happy to have on the show today, Chris Walker. He's the CEO of High Par Farm. High Par is a sun-grown indoor farming technology. So we're just talking about the gold rush that was happening when cannabis was legalized in Colorado and California. So what were you seeing, Chris? Uh, a real lack of talent and a lot of mistakes being made on a huge scale. Yeah, there were solutions that didn't exist that were being created on the fly, some of which were pretty ingenious, but most of which were pretty major mistakes. And I think now is when those mistakes have come home to roost and a lot of those facilities have either been completely redesigned or repurposed or, you know, no longer exist. So yeah, there was a scramble to try to figure out how to, to go from the closet to 50,000 square feet to su supply this new massive legal market. So how did you figure it out? Getting out of the closet, growing situation. <laughs> yeah, it really, I was involved in a number of installations where we had successfully sold a product or something into the grow and then the inevitable dominoes start falling as soon as you start to install that product. In our case, it was LED lighting and LED is just a, it's a dynamic puzzle piece. It sits between climate control and irrigation and soil choices and all these different factors that come into play. If you don't get one of those, then you have to, yeah, you have to figure out how, where something is going to give. If you have too much heat coming off of a lamp, then you need more air conditioning. Maybe you don't have enough airflow, so you need more fans, or maybe the building is poorly insulated or something like that. It, it, it's a site-specific, very one-off type of large project kind of building experience. There are some um, out-of-the-box large solutions, but it really is very site-specific. It's very climate and weather-specific. Yeah, on and on. So is this just for growing cannabis or is this technology available for other applications? So Hypar is just a, a, is a, it's for all indoor growing. It is for literally anything that you can justify growing indoors. So one of the major pain points for growers is electricity costs. And by using the sun instead of artificial lighting, we can do two things. One, we can cut down on the actual cost of lighting, but we also change the heat load equation. So heat load is just that. It's the amount of heat that you are trying to mitigate inside of a building, typically through air conditioning. Um, you know, sometimes in a greenhouse, it'll be through natural airflow, but we spend an enormous amount of energy on HVAC and climate control. And uh, by using the sun, you're tapping into a much more natural process, not only do you have the lack of heat from the lamps themselves, but you also have a lack of humidity that uh, would otherwise be just dumped on the building envelope through a process that, that happens when lamps are turned off or turned on for that matter. It changes the, the humidity levels pretty significantly. By using these highly engineered tubes supplemented with LED lighting and all controlled with software. And not only can we deliver the precise amount of light that the grower wants to see, but it's also a full spectrum light and it doesn't come with the secondary heat issues. So what exactly does uh, PAR stand for in high PAR? 
photosynthetic active radiation. So that's the part of the light spectrum that plants react to. We, as humans, have a different part of the spectrum. It's part, part of it, but it's why we can see a, a different part of that spectrum. But yeah, PAR, PAR is just one of the acronyms that we draw around when we talk about lights. And do you get an equivalently healthy plant from using this indoor lighting system versus being in the great outdoors? Probably more. We, so we do a couple of things to achieve that. Uh, one, the tubes themselves pull in all light. They don't block anything besides heat itself. So plants love the entire spectrum. LED lighting and HID lighting provide only parts of the spectrum. We actually are able to deliver most, if not all, the entire spectrum of light. But if there's something that the grower wants to do that's unique, maybe they want to give the plant more red, which is a very popular part of the R spectrum that growers like to deliver. And what that does is it, it puts the plant to sleep, if you will. Just like the sunset is red for us, so is the DNA in a plant locked into that part of the light spectrum over millions of years it has evolved to want to see blue in the morning full sun in the middle of the day and red in the evening led lighting companies have headed in that direction they can provide both blue in the morning and red in the evening the part of that spectrum that they can't deliver is that full spectrum light in the middle of the day so have you seen a lot of demand for this the product that you produced so there's a couple of pretty major hurdles, but yes, there's a huge demand for it, but there are a couple of major hurdles. One is the capital expenditure associated with it. So we're actually adding on another expense to the grower in terms of capital outlay. The benefit there is that the operating expense is significantly lower. And that's really the direction that the market is headed. A lot of these inexpensive grows that were propped up early on and pre-climate crisis type of grows that were, that were operating for decades, they no longer are succeeding to the same level. A lot of this technology that we're seeing, the, the boom in, in ag tech is really to answer that call. But no, we specifically to the demand, we've got four demonstration facilities running right now. We've got literally every grower that I talk to says, wow, that's, it's brilliant. You know, it makes all the sense in the world. They might have some specific questions about the installation of the tubes in the roof or something like that. But um, yeah, so you know, another hurdle there, aside from the cost, is that we actually are proposing to poke holes in the roof of a, of a building. Now, if it's a, if it's a retrofit building, um, that's the case. If it's a new construction building, on the other hand, we can develop a pre-designed roof structure that uh, comes with the holes already built into it. In many cases, what we actually see is that when you put holes in an old building, in the roof line of an old building, the ceiling, I should say, the, the flashing around the tube itself is actually more structurally sound than the roof was prior to the hole being there. It's a funny irony of poking holes in a roof because you're actually re just rebuilding the roof to a certain degree. Yeah. On the other hand, part of this is also that we can now put this technology in buildings that otherwise were not applicable for growing because, because of the heat load uh, mitigation that we can provide with the technology. So uh, we could do steel building now can work really well with, as long as they have an insulation factor that's high enough to deal with the local uh, climate. Yeah. 
What happens when the roof inspectors come in? Are they okay with a bunch of holes being poked in the roof? Yeah, this product has been used in, it's, it is manufactured by a third party called Solitube. Solitube has been in existence for about three decades. They've been putting these in roof structures for that long. So there's nothing that, the, there's no permits required. There's no, it's just a matter of, is the roof capable of holding the extra weight? One of these doesn't weigh that much. 30 or 50 of them do. Yeah. The roof just has to be structurally sound. But yeah, so, there, um, there's no permits. There's, not, there's nothing really legal or permitting about it that's, that's specific to it. So if any of our listeners wanted to learn more or get in touch, how could they do that? farm, H-Y-P-A-R.farm. And Chris at Hypar.farm. I'm on LinkedIn and all the other, not all, but mostly LinkedIn. Yeah. Chris at Hypar.farm. Well, thank you, Chris, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, sure. for listening to another episode of Failing Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.